Sunday pour back recording on a Wednesday night. Last show before Christmas, heading into uh, best time of the year, best holiday of the year, and uh, figured we had to do it with with a classic, the classic Christmas vacation. It's been long enough. It's been three years. We haven't gotten to it. It's been a slow burn, but uh, here we are. Christmas vacation. We made it. Yeah, finally. Um. Went shopping a couple times this week, and I've yet to run into anybody like Mary. Been looking for a Mary. There's no Marys out there. A lot of far between. A lot of you know, Caleb's and stuff, but no Marys. Um, I actually had, I actually had a run in yesterday. Yeah, I was at a a mall, and same thing at the counter. Like, help me out. Guy looks at me and goes, "Still uh, doing malls, huh?" Yeah, you know what? It's not too bad. They weren't too crowded. They haven't been too crowded. I've been in a couple different ones. Not the crowds aren't too bad. Um, yeah, I gotta. I can't do everything online. Those that I do, I do enough of that online stuff. And those those guys work hard hard enough without me like adding like last minute things on there. Um, without adding too many last minute things on there. Uh. But uh, yeah, so I'm there at the mall, and the guy like looks at me, and he's like, uh, "Do you have a brother named Anthony?" I'm like, uh. "I'm like, uh, no." I was like, "No," but I said, "I'm Anthony. I don't have a brother named Anthony. I am Anthony." He's like, "Oh my god!" He's like, "It's uncanny. You look exactly the same. This and that." And like he's going on and on about it, and, he, and eventually, you know, we get he tells me the rest of his name, and you know, he's from like New Britain, and I'm like, I don't know anybody from fucking New Britain. I don't have any family in New Britain. Uh, it's, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a match. And he's like, if I sent him, if I sent him your picture, he'd he'd flip out. <laughs> like, all right, I gotta go, man. You know, there's no way, there's no scenario where I'm letting a stranger take my picture and send it to another stranger. <laughs> no, no, because no. you could find out afterwards it was for some weird like kink thing fetish, and you're on the internet and I don't shit. Know anything? To, oh yeah, it's. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't he's even using like, he's using your picture on Grinder. Yeah, it wasn't even like the that forefront of my mind, but yeah, that's on the table for sure. Yeah. That's the need. worst case scenario. The best case scenario is this guy is just there's aware no of good there's no yeah, yeah, exactly. And best <laughs> best is used very lightly. So anyway, that's my run in. That was um, Caleb. I don't know what his name was. <laughs> uh, so Brent. Something. Something like that. So, yeah. So Christmas vacation night is here. Finally, finally got here. Yeah, it was long overdue. It's just you know I, I've watched it. I don't know about all the way through, but a couple times so far this season. I've been humming uh, the song all day. Oh, the Christmas vacation. Yeah. Sung by I'm drawing a blank. Lindsay Buckingham. You know Lindsay Buckingham sings the Holiday Road song? I didn't know that. Neither did I. <laughs> Something I figured out this week. Um, the Christmas Vacation song, I swear I knew this at some point. Who sings Christmas Vacation? Should have wrote it down, see? Mavis Staples. 
Oh, okay. I mean, I didn't know that. <laughs> I thought I knew it. I, maybe it was the Lindsey Buckingham. That was the fun fact. Should have just stopped right there. Um, so, yeah, uh, one hit wonder, Christmas Vacation. The song, at least. Yeah, no, for sure. Although this the song is, hooks you. It hooks you right out of the gate. The song it's great. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird start to the movie because, I mean, if you're just going and watching it and, like, you, you're getting that cartoon, like, intro, it's a little bit odd that that's the only cartoon part of the movie. And then no, there's nothing to do with any of the movie except that it's like a constant disaster. I mean, maybe it's an 80s thing. I have no idea. Like, I can't maybe think of Ro- Roger Rabbit or something? I don't know. Yeah, but Roger Rabbit was a cartoon, though. I mean, oh. with humans, but the whole movie was a cartoon. What's I the think... movie? Uh, yeah, all right. Maybe it's an 80s thing. I don't know. Maybe they ran out of money. Budget. I mean, it's a perfect opening. Because, I mean, just like Santa getting, like, you know, pie in the face after pie in the face. Which is basically what the movie is. Yeah. Yeah, no, the movie's... Uh... After long, long uh, thought over all these these years, definitely my personal number one. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's even. I don't even think it's close. It's endlessly quotable. Yes, it's, the most quotable Christmas movie. It's it's the um, good good fellows of Christmas movies. <laughs> it is. Uh, I mean, it's quotable because it's hysterical. It's. Um. You know what? Like it is a movie about a guy who's got like a big heart, right? Like Clark Griswold has a big heart. He wants to do this like amazing Christmas, like at its core. I think that kind of gets lost because you don't really think of it like that. But the movie does have some heart to it for as crazy as the antics are in it. I think I think about that. I I think that's the old like the overarching theme of the entire movie is he wants the perfect Christmas with the perfect family. Mm-hmm. With the perfect setting, his home, mm-hmm. and uh, that just that just isn't how the holidays work. It's not how families work. We're all a little fucked up, and Clark just he's determined to make it work. And uh, eventually, they they kind of get there, I guess. But it's uh, it's a little bit of a roller coaster, I guess I would say. Yeah, a few curveballs thrown at him along the way. He, he he smiles through the whole thing. He accepts every miscue up until the very end, obviously. But he he does smile through the whole thing. Every every that misfortune fucking, that seventy five hundred dollar deposit. Yeah, that's what he was thinking it. about. I did it. Yeah, yeah. Even like cousin Eddie coming and like shitting all over the place. Like he kind of handles that, you know, with his like dry wit. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of you know, it's you know, it's family. I mean, you're right. We're, we're a little fucked up. We all. I would say we all have a cousin Eddie, but we don't all have a cousin Eddie. That's not accurate. But there are a lot of cousin Eddies out there. There's a few cousin Eddies. There's a few more than people want to admit. Yeah. So who cousin Eddie showing up? And we're gonna jump. Around. Actually, it's starting on AMC right now, so I'm just gonna let it run. So I'm gonna be jumping all over the place. Okay. But since you brought cousin Eddie up, yeah. Who do you think tipped off cousin Eddie that Clark was hosting? Christmas. Do you do you think? I mean, it seems like a little bit. It's got to be an inside job. He wouldn't just show up to Clark's house, would he? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, he must have known. There's no social media back then. 
No, I'm sure there was a phone call and somebody let it slip. That's all. So Eddie is Ellen's cousin. That's her side of the family. Okay. I didn't, yeah, I never even considered, I didn't even, didn't even think, never thought about whose cousin he was. I'm pretty sure it's her cousin. First, second, third, I don't know. So, his, so it's got to be. His mother or father is a sibling of one of her parents. Exactly. Okay. Probably. Right. So it's her side. It's, it's got to be one of her parents. Unless it's one of the parents, you know, it's a cousin. A cousin of another cousin let yeah, it slip. Almost, like, you know, where mom and dad things. are going. Yeah. You know, where aunt and uncle. Yep. Art. Uncle Art, you know where they're going? They're going yep. to Clark's for Christmas. Tip them off. And he's like, all right, I'm getting in the RV. See if I can milk a free uh, week vacation out of this. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if it, I wonder if it, it, it slipped in conversation or if, it, you know, and if it, I don't know. That's a good question. Do they mention it at all? They don't mention it, I guess. I'm tra- I was trying to. Think. They don't, and he's definitely Clark is definitely surprised when Eddie's on his lawn. So it's not like he had any uh, inkling he was showing up. Oh yeah, no, that's like I said. The first thing that went right where the lights went on, and then everything, and then Eddie's right there. <laughs> it's like right, right, it's back <laughs> no, to reality, really he, quick. He can't enjoy a good moment. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, it's uh. We we talked last week about um, what's your, what's the movie? Oh, jeez, but I, I'm losing the it. Wonder, it's wonderful, yeah, it's life. a wonderful life. And we yeah, did get we did get this. There is a scene of it's a wonderful life in there, with uh, his son watching it on TV. The bell, the, he's watching the bell. The angels get the wings. Right, the, the only scene that is ever shown in that movie. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, right before right before the family gets there. Yeah, no. The, the, the bell literally, the bell literally uh, rings, not the not the one on the tree, but the actual doorbell rings as he's watching that final scene. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's it. And now, now, now that I've seen that movie all the way through. I wonder if there's any kind of symbolism in that. Other well, I than feel just, like you know, I feel like it's a wonderful life. Uh, by the way, family, he had him come a little too early right it was it like the 16th yeah there were 15th or 16th and they were i mean i guess they were tired and you know like i understand like the grandparents you don't know I mean, how far they're traveling but you, still. Know, yeah, you don't know how far they're traveling and i just assume that it's just different when it's grandparents i got a cousin coming early is crazy um but you know his or her parents coming at the same time is crazy, but you know, whether it's one or the other, that's not out of the realm possibility to have them come and stay a little bit a little bit longer. Still far too long. More than a week. I mean, it, look, my kids are a long ways away from getting married and stuff, but if I'm going to stay like a couple nights at their house and they're like, Yeah, my in laws are coming too, oh my god, I'm in a hotel. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> Like I'll be yeah. there. I'll, I'll see you for lunch and stuff, but like I'm not staying in the same house with the in-laws. Like it's bad. It's hard. I don't like staying in other people's houses anyway. You know, it's hard. It's, it's not my thing. But uh, yeah, you can't do that. That's very, very awkward. That's a tough spot. Yeah, I'm, that's why I'm such an early like exiter from 
like sleepover, sleepaways. Like I just gotta yeah. go home and do what I gotta do. I'm not gonna feel even if I like get ready there, shower up and stuff. It's just I'm not gonna feel clean until I get to do it in my own shower. Oh yeah, what the hell was the shower situation like there? Oh, I had to be miserable, miserable. just miserable. You know, and like who knows if they have like a well or something, or even the hot water heater, just the hot water itself. You run out of hot water every ten minutes, probably. Mm-hmm. Maybe Eddie be- had the right idea out in the RV. Yeah, yeah, I get it's it gives you a little bit of privacy. Uh, but no, back to wonderful life. I think. Uh, Specifically this movie, but it seems like it's a wonderful life because it was like the first Christmas movie. It seems like all these other Christmas movies were almost like spawned off from It's a Wonderful Life because this has multiple callbacks to it. And I get, you know, Christmas Carol probably deserves a lot of credit too because that's the one with Scrooge, right? Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Because Scrooge is like very... Scrooge is even before the Potter character in It's a Wonderful Life. Like if you're acting like... if you do. If you're at any point like a mope or complain around Christmas, you get called the Scrooge. Yeah, you should get called Potter. Yeah, you should get called the Potter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Scrooge, this, found, the, Scrooge found his way. The last we saw Potter, he was cheering um, for this guy to go to jail. So Potter had no redeeming qualities. He never came around. No, no. Just kept pocketed that eight G's and that's it. Yeah, you're a real Potter. Yeah, and I'm sticking with that. Gavel, yeah, stop, gavel stop a... There it is. Thank you. Being a real <laughs> Potter, get it together, Potter. <laughs> get in the haughty spirit, Potter. Cheer up, Potter. Yeah. No more Bahamba. We can't do Bahamba. We got to find a Potter line. Oh, I'd have to go back and watch it again. I don't know. Carl Keeter is the only one I can remember. Carl <laughs> Keeter, yeah. <laughs> uh. So, yeah, so this one has, like, multiple callbacks to It's a Wonderful Life. I mean, obviously, the, uh, you know, when the, uh, Russ is watching it on TV, but then the Newell Post, which we mentioned last show, mm-hmm. that's a callback to uh, It's a Wonderful Life. And I feel like there's one other one in there. Uh, so I feel like It's a Wonderful Life. Like, you could tell. I know it's considered the best Christmas movie. We were born at a little bit of the wrong time. I don't know yeah. if it's ever going to be our number one. Yeah. But like you could tell the influence it had. Well, it's on also all these other ones. It's also, I mean, it's kind of this it's similar setup where it's like a middle class family. You know, it's uh, a job where he's got to kiss somebody's ass. He works for a Potter. Yeah, he works for a true Potter. This is like um, if uh, what's Jimmy Stewart's name in It's a Wonderful Life? Bailey. Um, this is this is like if Bailey took the job. And worked for Potter. Yeah, ba- that's, yeah that's Clark working yeah. for this guy. Yeah, so there's you know there's there's some parallels there, and um, like the and he is, he's he's truly trying to enjoy what he has. I mean, he understands it's not perfect, whereas George Bailey wanted everything to be perfect. That he wanted it all his way. Clark mm-hmm. kind of understands it's not perfect. This is what he has. He's going to take it, or he's not going to leave it. You don't see Clark, you know, Clark almost fell off a roof. Clark, by the way, the physical comedy in this movie is great. It's yeah. it's like it's it kind of took me a surprise rewatching it. Um it's just like you know, like him getting hit in the face with the, the attic ladder. I'm like rolling over on the floor laughing. I'm a little kid for the first time seeing it. 
It's just, yeah. it's, it's and then up in the attic, up in the attic with the old sideshow Bob bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was sideshow Bob before he, there was sideshow Bob. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was great. Like, it's just, it's, it, I, I love that stuff. Um, but even through all that, he just, he makes the best of it. He's not you know, running away to, to say my life sucks. I, I'm going to throw myself off a bridge. Clark is, uh, Clark is the angel. Maybe Clark is is Clarence on Earth. He yeah he, he's the ultimate optimist, Clark, and he he's like that in every movie, really. Yeah, he just wants. And he has a breaking point in every movie, but he's the ultimate yeah. optimist. In Vegas, he goes there, he thinks he's gonna win, right? Yep. The first yep. one, they're you know full steam ahead to Wally World. We're driving there. It's close. Right? It's yeah. just, yep. And then he obviously loses it when it's closed. Oh, fucking poor, poor John Candy. That scene when they're when they're running to the um to the music from Chariots of Fire. Yeah, from Chariots of Fire is like <laughs> it's yeah. so good. It's so good. Especially it's even better, I think, when you know what's coming. Oh yeah. I don't yeah, I don't I mean I can't remember the first time I saw that scene, but I think it's better knowing that it that they're running towards like disappointment. <laughs> oh yeah. To- total letdown. Closed, closed hey, for renovations. W- while we're on the subject, this is the best vacation movie, right? Would you say this, this is the best one? It, uh, yeah, I mean, it has to be. It's almost unfair because it's just the cultural impact it's had, and just it, like it, it takes. I mean, it it owns like the month. Uh, I mean, it's the best. Like I said, it's the, it's probably the most. You're gonna family feud this, pull a hundred people, you know. You know, people alive today, mm-hmm. we'll say. So that kind of rules out it's a wonder for life. Mm-hmm. I think this gets number one. This is number one on the board. Of the Christmas movies. I think it is. I I, I wouldn't, I don't know if I put my life on it, but I, I think Christmas Vacation wins. 100 people, survey says. I could see, I can make a case for Home Alone being number one on the board. I, I think could he, make a case for Home Alone and I can I, make a case for Christmas Story. Those are the only other two. Yeah, I think yeah, I think number one on the board would be Home Alone. I think people will gravitate towards Home Alone with that question. Think so? I'm gonna I'm gonna say Christmas vacation. What so is the vacation movies are it's just regular vacation, Europe, European vacation, Christmas vacation in Vegas is only the four. And four. Then, well, and then, they and did then a, Ed Helms Ed, Ed Helms vacation. Right, they did Ed Helms vacation, yeah. <laughs> Andy Bernard vacation. Yeah. Where he was actually, he was rusty, right? He was rust. Yeah, I yeah. think Clark made it. Clark and uh, yeah. Alan made an Beverly appearance Bill- in that one. It, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I can't remember European vacation that well. European's probably like the weakest one of the four, but yeah. it kind of gets swallowed up. It's, it's like a, a classic trap game get caught between two big games against yeah. a weaker opponent mm. you're you know be- behind this one chris vacation which i just said just you know all timer yeah. mm-hmm. and then the first vacation is the first one so it's new it's clark griswold it's like the first time you're meeting these characters mm-hmm. you know that's i mean that that's probably the most underrated of the vacations just because everyone t- wants to talk about christmas although i do I will make a case for Vegas. Vegas gets a lot of unnecessary hate. I think Vegas vacation is hilarious. People hate Vegas vacation. 
I think it's, you know, you're following Chris vacation. It's kind of mm. run its course by then. You know, the characters are older now. Like, we, all right, we, we, we know the bit now that the kids are always different. And it's just, it was, <laughs> it was, it was, was kind of set up to fail. But in my mind, it didn't fail. I think, I think Vegas vacation is great for what it is. Yeah, I love Vegas vacation. That's probably the one I watched the most when I was a kid because it came out when I was a little bit older and it was just on TV a lot. Yeah, TBS. Very funny. <laughs> always, always on TBS. Uh, yeah, I like I like that movie. Nick Papa Giorgio. Of course, yeah, and the name lives on forever. If you say Nick Papa Giorgio, anybody that grew up in the nineties, they know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, probably the hottest Audrey too. Uh, Juliet Lewis is probably the best Audrey. Yeah, I mean she's the most. Yeah, I mean she's just the best actress. I can't even. I can't even remember the other Audreys. Top of my head. The other Aud- yeah, the other Audreys are. They're kind of young, I think. <laughs> Wait, so who's it? Who is it in uh, Vegas? I forget her name, but she's she's good looking. Well, wow. brunette, oh, she- dark hair. Ninety-seven, yes. Yeah, so is is so? Julia Lewis is the best. Audrey is Galecki the best. Rusty because there's a couple good Rusties. I liked. I really liked Galecki in this one. I actually, I actually found myself watching him a little bit more this time around because of like how like how he grew up and like I like I just wasn't. I'm not a big adult um, Galecki fan. Not since no. not since Suicide Kings. Ira. Uh, <laughs> you are the man, Ira. Um, yeah, I think you would have to be. Yeah, because the ki- the kid in Vegas is the kid from. He's like in all those nineties. That, that thing you do. And think, uh, can't hardly wait. Can't hardly wait. Yep. Ethan. Ethan. Something. His name may have been Ethan, and can't hardly wait. Oh, her, the Marisol Nichols is the one from Vegas. Yes. Yeah, I don't know if she works anymore. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure. Let's see. Last known. Oh, she was in the Saw movie with Chris Rock. Okay, so she's still working there. Yeah, no, she's yeah, she's in stuff. Um. Yeah, I yeah I remember now. I can remember vividly in Vegas Vacation. Um. Well, the other the other Rusties were. Anthony Michael Hall, right in the first one. Yep, <laughs> yeah, who's great as it is. He's a good Rusty chugging the beer. Yeah, running through the parking lot, mm-hmm. and then the Rusty in European Vacation wasn't bad because he just goes to Europe and he's just horny the whole time. <laughs> he's yeah, drinking. He's, he's yeah. He like he's, he's Bud up. Bundy. Yeah, he's, he has a little Bud. He's got like Bud Bundy with a little more game, I think. Okay, and he's in Europe, so it's like. He's you know yeah. trying to pick up hookers, and I think he, they catch him in a strip club at one point, and one of those like burlesque shows. I don't remember European. I don't remember. That's probably the one that is a little the, like the most foggy of the vacations. Jason, uh, that's who that that's who that is. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if he was around too much after that. Well, Glecky Glecky had me laughing rewatch on this rewatch. It, it was just like some of the looks he gives. Um, I mean, like the look when when uh, when Clark is is talking to the to Mary at the store there, 
a great a classic look. Yeah, like the, the line, like when the grandma, like one of the grandma says, like, you know, do do something for me. I'll give you a quarter, and he's like, oh, a quarter. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good. It's it's yeah. He, he nails it. Nails the rule. He's a good rusty. I guess they haven't had a shortage of good rusties though. I think the rusties were a little more stronger than the Audreys. That's fair. The Audreys weren't. Uh, yeah, the Audreys weren't great early on. Um. So yeah, Clark, Ultimate Optimist. Uh, have you ever heard uh, Tarantino compare Bill Murray movies to Chevy <laughs> yeah. Chase movies? Yeah, the characters themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's kind of what you were just talking about with Clark being the ultimate optimist, mm-hmm. whereas basically what what Tarantino's point is is. Chevy Chase in his movies is he's basically a dick start to finish. His heart's in the right place, but he's the same guy, you know, after 90 minutes to two hours that he was at the beginning. You know, he's a little bit of a, a little bit of a jerk. I wouldn't say he's uh, a jerk in this movie. I mean, I, I, I know I get Tarantino's point, but I don't think he thinks he's a jerk. Um, a little bit of like a sarcastic prick. I don't know if he thinks he's like a negative. I don't think he says he's like a negative, like a negative person at all. Or like, I don't think he like not insults him. I don't think he says he's like a bad guy. At I don't all. think he's a bad guy. I don't think sarcastic prick is a bad guy. <laughs> well, when you say prick, it sounds like a bad guy. It's got. I mean, it's loosely. We're not talking. You know. Whereas Bill Murray's characters do like complete 180s. And like, you know, he starts off as like almost the opposite of Clark, where Clark's the ultimate optimist. Bill Murray, like, you know, you want to use Groundhog Day, is like pessimistic, you know, this and that. He's, he's uh, basically uh, not down on his luck, but uh, does, doesn't necessarily appreciate life the way Clark does. And then. By the end of it, he's redeemed and he sees the error of his ways. And I, I never, I never, that was brought to my attention by Tarantino. Yeah. And I never had thought of it that way. He said, he, no, he, the character arc of Chevy Chase aren't nearly as narcissistic as those of Murray. Chase's characteristic attitude remains consistent throughout his films, um, which is why Chase on screen persona is so effective. <laughs> Um. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he actually does. Chevy Chase and yeah, they don't like each other. He does. Yeah, he does. He says Chevy Chase is the same supercilious asshole at the end of the movie that he is at the beginning. He never changes in his stuff. He's always a bit of a dick, and he's always completely sarcastic. Well, yeah, he is always sarcastic. He is very sarcastic. It's just an interesting thing to chew on. I think it's unfair to characterize him as a dick. In this movie, in this movie, at least, I mean, what does he do that's dickish? He invites people into his house, and you know, he has he makes comments about him, like take you out to the middle of nowhere, leave you for dead. Like that's not come on, yeah. He's Josh. He's not doing it. He didn't actually do it. <laughs> Don't piss me off, Art. <laughs> <laughs> so I, don't, I mean, uh, I, but I, I think the point still stands. He's the same guy at the beginning, at the end of the movie, as he is at the beginning. I think that that point. Remains the same, 
or there's no like whoops you know I, now i'm changed forever i'm a better guy you know he at the at the end he's the same guy puts his puts his family in danger at the beginning <laughs> well, oh yeah that's true well road rage doesn't count well uh, he didn't seem all that angry he just couldn't let it go yeah that's true Kind of like, yeah, kind of sociopathic in his road rage. That's road. That's just, you're just in the car. It's different when you're in the car. Yeah. All right. Fair. Fair enough. All right. Good. Um, but yeah, I mean, those takes in the car, like that initial just right up on your tail, and like the just the gaping look on their face, just random. It's, look, they look like the guys who, who ran off, uh, Spoiler alert, if you didn't see Easy Rider, uh, who ran off Peter Fonda and uh, Dennis Hopper. Oh, at the end of the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Literally, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, at the very end of the movie. That's how the movie ends. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, maybe not the right guys. The guys who have nothing to lose. Those are not the guys you want to be picking a, a fight with, picking a race with. No. And I, I, I feel I, like... Go ahead. At the end, they made great time anyway. They did make great time. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's not lose that. I think I read they filmed that in like Colorado. It looked like it, yeah. I think it could be. Flatlands. Yeah. A lot of this was filmed, I guess, in right in Burbank, like a Paramount set. Mm-hmm. In like a neighborhood. I read that the, uh, the neighbor's house, Todd and Margot. Mm-hmm. Their house was the house from Lethal Weapon, which I just watched this week, too. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, I don't know about the inside. I don't think uh, <clears throat> the decor the decor was a little bit different in uh, Murtaugh's house than it was Todd mm-hmm. and Margo's. Mm-hmm. But I guess that was a, a set. Spoiler, there's spoiler alert. It wasn't in Chicago. It wasn't a suburb of Chicago. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so I, this is one of those movies, too, that... Um, you, I feel like you catch this movie when it's not, you know, like the holiday season. Like you can catch this movie randomly in like June or April, just on AMC. I I would say within like the first four or five months of the year, it's on a lot. I don't know if I catch it in the summer. I probably I'm sure I have, but I feel like, yeah, April it'll be on still. It's almost like it's bigger than a, just a Christmas movie. I mean, it's, it's there's funny. certain movies that you could only you just you know it's only going to be on at Christmas. Like a Christmas story is a perfect example. Great movie, all timer. It's not going to be on like in May. No, definitely not. Home Alone, will, Home Alone will be on in other months. Home Alone's got a chance. Home Alone's also like bigger than a Christmas. That's another movie that's probably a little bit yeah. bigger. Yeah, and especially amongst like our generation because it's just like. We hold that movie with such high regard as part of our childhoods. I think it 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 holds a little stronger than a Christmas movie, a, a strictly Christmas movie would. Yeah. But, I mean, this movie because the the like they said when when you can like go into a movie and you can like lip sync the quotes along the way, it doesn't really matter. I guess you could do the same thing with Christmas Christmas Story, but. I think I think Christmas stories is just so associated with Christmas and like the twenty four hours and of a Christmas story and yeah. I think it's just ingrained that it 
it should be enjoyed like on that day and that day alone. They own the day of the week. Yeah, what well, day own, of the year? Day of the week, day of the year. Yeah, they own 24 hours. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Um yeah, it is this is the this is a, I don't know if I would watch it though. I've watched Home Alone middle of the year before. Kind of I hadn't watched it in a few years. Maybe it was just the right time, and I just I caught the beginning of it and I got hooked in, just watched the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if I would do that with Christmas vacation. Maybe there's a time where I would have, but I, I would watch it till there was a commercial. Mm, that's a good call. That's fair. That's usually my go-to, yeah. but if, especially if it's on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just watch till a commercial break. Because you're going to turn it on. It's going to be a classic scene. Yeah. Obviously, the whole movie's classic. Yep. And then once there's a commercial, you just move. You go on your way. Yeah. That guy Todd's got to feel like shit. And I don't know who he is in real life, but he is nobody, right? He's like one of the only guys who came out of here with nothing. Julie Dreyfus had a great career. Obviously, Chevy and Beverly were fine. Julia yeah. Lewis and Galecki are fine. Uh, the parents. Um, well, the parents are older, too. They had already worked a lot, probably. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, her mother is, um, who do you call it? From Doris Roberts, right? Yeah, everybody loves Raymond, right? Yeah. She was, so she did fine. Um, like her, grand- father, her father is... Um, he was like one of the jurors in 12 Angry Men. I think that's his uh, claim to fame. But he had a bunch of roles, though. He was obviously older by that point. The, the father? Her father, married to, to Doris Roberts. He was in 12 Angry Men. Which, which one was he? Mm, he was one of the guys that kind of held it up, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so he's number 10 or 11? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think I read he was number four. No, I mean like the tenth or eleventh guy to give it up. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, he might have been. I gotta see which one he was. I just I watched that movie this year for the first time. Oh, Ed Bagley. Yeah. Is that his name? No, no, no. It's not Ed Bagley. Sorry, Ed Bagley is the name that I recognized. I'm gonna, I gotta go this way. All right, let's see. Ed Bagley Jr., isn't that like the doctor from Curb? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Okay, let's see. Um, Her mother. Her father, I mean. Hello. Her father, Art. Her parents like to booze a little bit, right? They're drinking out there on the lawn. Oh, yeah. Doris Roberts is hiccuping at some point. It's not that late, probably. It gets like an after-dinner drink, you know. It's dark early in the winter. But still, it's probably at least 8 o'clock. E.G. Marshall. E.G. Marshall, uh, yep. Okay, and let's see. Let's go back. Ways here. E.G. Marshall. Juror number four. Juror number four, all right. Yeah, I I can't remember where he gave... When he uh, turned. Yeah, I don't remember his role. There's a few roles in this one that are very memorable. Um, I'm not saying his is not memorable, but he, after seeing it once, he wasn't, uh, he's not one that sticks out to me. He was the middle of the pack juror. 
I mean, they all have it's they all have their like characteristic in it. Yeah, um, I just can't place this guy. Who's like the most memorable juror? Henry Fonda. Well, Henry Fonda is the one like he's the he's the one. He's like the uh, eleven to one. So he's he, the he's the first guy that goes to bat for the defendant. Yeah. Yeah, right, that's, what, that's what I thought. Yeah, and then everybody, I mean, like Lee J. Cobb, he's like the last one. So that obviously that's like the whole movie is to get to that last They gotta season. get Lee Cobb, yeah. Yeah. Um they, I mean, there's a guy just talk just talking about baseball the whole time, guy sweating the whole time. Yeah, Tony Danza played that part in the in the remake. Baseball guy. Yeah, he had Yankee tickets. He was just trying to get out of there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. There's, there's. I mean, I think Henry Fonda is. I mean, it's just his. It's his movie. I think so. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah. So yeah, he. Uh, so Art. Or I'm sorry, E.G. Marshall. AKA Art had no had no problems. And it's just Todd. Todd's the only guy who's a who's a real, real life stooge. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Even Randy Quaid got to go save the world Independence Day. Yeah, absolutely. All right. All right. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right. All right. Apologies to Todd. Uh, real name Nicholas Guest. Still working today. A lot of voice work in there. Law and order. Uh, oh, did I see law and order? Yep. Uh, no, I was just guessing. Law and order. Uh, law and order video game. There you go. There's always a law and order with guys that hang around. You don't know who they are. <laughs> uh, I don't see it. He was in 24. Uh, but he, he was in an episode of Mad Men um, mm. called, called The Christmas Waltz. Um, that's the episode that's- where. Uh, Joan has served her divorce papers. She throws okay. throws like a toy airplane at the receptionist, and Don takes her to see Jaguar. They go test ride a Jaguar together, right? And they drink in the bar. Okay, yeah, got it. It's a yeah, it's a pretty famous scene, I think, in that show because. I mean, they'd been in, they'd been together in scenes before, but that was one that just that was one of the first or one of the most memorable like one on one Don Joan scenes, right? Battle back and forth. Yeah, um, I can't find where he was in this movie. Nicholas Guest Todd, but he was there in the in the TV show in, in, in Mad Men. Yeah, like he's got a full name, but I can't. Get a picture. I can't get like what the role was, who who he was. He was a Jaguar guy. And suit. Let's see if I can get this. Is if it's not here, it's not. It's nowhere. Then I'll give up. Uh, Marsh, Marsh, Marsh. That's his name. All right. Nope. Swing and a miss. Yeah, it's weird. No respect for Todd. He's had a full name in the show, but there's no mention of him at all. Hmm. This is also is also an episode where uh, Paul Kinsey returns, and he's Harry Krishnadup. 
his head. Yeah, it's a tough part. Not not the finest moment of the show's uh, run. I mean, I wasn't a Kenzie guy in season one. <laughs> yeah, Kenzie did suck when he wasn't a uh, religious freak. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I'll, I'll have to find out um, just where this guy shows up, Todd. Um, other than the butt of Clark Griswold's jokes. <laughs> yeah. And you know another another area where this movie was very like cultural, culturally impactful mm-hmm. was uh, anytime you know somebody goes a little overboard with the decorations. I don't know yeah. if you have anybody on your street. At the, I, don't, I don't have anybody on my street, but I do have one around the corner that's a little wild. Yeah, uh, it's the it's the Griswold house. Like that's that's oh first thing you think of. I don't know. I think he goes that all out, though. Do you? I mean, it's the whole house is lit up. I've seen I've seen houses that are way more into it than Clark's house, but yeah, his right. house doesn't have a lot of lights. But right, I mean, but that's when I, whenever you see anybody's house just completely head to toe dressed with lights, it's I've, the Griswold house. I've never said that. Interesting. I wonder if people. I wonder if this had any effect on people putting lights on their house. I wonder if people saw this and weren't like inspired. Like, I want my house like that. I want to be one of those guys. Because uh, putting lights, it's possible. Putting lights in the house is a relatively new phenomenon. How That's new? Not, I mean, one far back we, as I can remember, people were putting lights in their oh, house. Oh yeah, no, I don't mean new. I mean new. Like, not to us personally, but new just in the overall scheme of things. Like, you know, in the early days, there there wasn't like readily available electricity where you'd be able to do that to your house. Well, yeah, I feel I feel like it was probably like the eighties that was when it kind of took off. Could be the eighties. I mean, lights on trees weren't until probably sometime in the nineteen. 19- 40s or something like that. Uh, I guess so. Yeah, I never thought about it when lights went on trees. Do you know who? Uh, what president had the first Christmas tree in the White House? It's Harrison, right? Benjamin, not the uh, not the one who lasted a month in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, the one in between Roosevelt. No, the one, the one in between Grover Cleveland, I believe. Him and Grover Cleveland went at it three times. Grover Cleveland came out on top, two one. You know um, the only president. You know the only president to um, be sworn in by his father. Is it obvious? No. Oh. You're going to say John Quincy Adams. I was going to say George W. Bush. Oh, no. <laughs> um, if it's not obvious, I don't know. Calvin Coolidge. Calvin it was a question. Coolidge. It was a question on Jeopardy this week or last week. I, I'm like behind a week. The question was he was sworn in by. 
his father and then by an ex-president within two years. So I'm thinking he had to take over at some point. He took over for an assassinated guy or somebody who died. Then he won an election, got sworn in again. I was not thinking Coolidge, though. Hmm. Do you know how Christmas trees started becoming popular? Like why it became a thing? How Christmas trees became popular? No, I don't think I do. Sometime in the 1800s? Yeah. Late 17? No, in 1848, Queen Victoria put a Christmas tree in her castle. So it was a royal family. The royal family started it. And then it became kind of a thing. Well, we took it and we perfected it. Well, yeah, we eventually, eventually, it didn't become a thing like right away. Like, obviously, that was, it, they were popular and it was in whatever magazines or newspapers and stuff. And then people uh, kind of caught on to it. And then after a while, I mean, you, people couldn't go out like next year and start doing it because there weren't Christmas tree farms and shops and stuff like that where people would just go buy them. No. Um, so it took a little while for it to really catch on, but. Uh, I think I the first Christmas tree farm, not farm, but first Christmas tree like uh, lot was in New York City. Really? Yeah. Or people would go like you know get it wrapped up or whatever. Huh. And I would say so. 1848 was when the Queen did it. So the first Christmas tree shop was probably like 1890s, I would guess. Or not? Yeah, shop, later on. Yeah. So, why were presidents so reluctant to? I guess I guess that was right around the time Benjamin Harrison was right around that time. Then I guess the Christmas tree started to take off. Yeah, yeah. It's weird to think about Christmas without a Christmas tree. I mean, it was like the celebration wasn't uh, wasn't the same. It was much different. It was much different back then. When was the actual first Christmas? Didn't George Washington cross the Delaware on Christmas Eve? I don't know. Well, maybe, but I don't know if they called it Christmas Eve, and I don't think like that group celebrated Christmas like that. I think I didn't start as um first recorded Christmas celebration was in Rome AD three thirty-six. Wow. But was it was it Christmas like the birth of Christ, or was it like Saints yeah, they Day were they were Nick. commemorating they were commemorating the birth of Jesus Christ. And what year was it? Three thirty six. Three thirty six. It seems a little early. It does seem way too early. Like when did we actually start celebrating it for real, Santa? <laughs> <laughs> and the whole Santa thing, like Santa's grown. The legend of Santa has—I mean, obviously, the legend of Santa has grown. But originally, I think he was supposed to be like an elf. People looked at him like an elf. He didn't become like this jolly guy, this jolly fat guy until much later. He got a promotion. He just, they had to put him on, I don't know, they had to put kids on his lap. He couldn't have, you know, elf. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Throw, have... him in, throw him in malls, put him on a fire truck. Yeah, he couldn't All have kids. Sudden... Couldn't have couldn't have the kids be bigger than Santa. Right. That's true. That is true. It's got to be some order. 
<laughs> um, yeah, and then originally, it's crazy. Originally, it would be like a candle on the tree. You put candles on the tree. Candles. I know. Yeah, because you didn't because there was no electricity. They didn't like light up the tree or anything. Not so candles like, that you would actually light, right? I think so. Yeah, they'd have to they'd have to trim it and be careful, and they'd have to you know they'd have to be mindful of it. But they would. It's a recipe for disaster. I'm sure there was a couple disasters. They're very flammable. Christmas trees you can't be lighting candles on. I'm, I remember a house on my block had a fire when I was a, a kid on Christmas Eve. And I think it was a Christmas tree thing. I don't think it was a candle on the tree, they, but it was a Christmas tree thing. They didn't water it or someone I, I knocked over a candle? Someone knocked over something? I don't know. I wasn't wasn't a family we were close with or anything. I, we Uncle really Lewis? Yeah. So. That sucks. Uncle yeah, Lewis cigar? <laughs> if you notice when uh when Clark and and uh Eddie are drinking eggnog, drinking out of Wally World mugs. We'll call back to Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, the moose, yeah. Those moose airs. Good souvenir. It's a great souvenir. I actually <laughs> saw I saw that in a in a uh smoke shop I was in recently. Oh they yeah, had, they sell them uh, now, yeah. It was a different color though. They were red. They weren't the exact ones from, from the movie. Well, you gotta go different. to Wally World if you want them. You gotta get the yeah, the authentic ones, I guess. <laughs> uh, one thing I do like, and I'm pretty sure that's Christmas Eve, right? Where they're drinking the eggnog. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. The movie respects Christmas Eve because they make that. The holiday. They yeah, don't even true, show yeah. you what happens on Christmas. Yeah, it's a good point. You don't even get there. Don't even get to Christmas. Christmas movie, don't get to Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. I never thought about that. We don't get to Christmas. Christmas vacation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. it's over. Once you get to Christmas morning, it's all over. Yeah, it's like the epilogue of a book. It's the back cover, basically. Yeah. What do you think they're doing on Christmas Day? Because they had a pretty big meal there, Christmas Eve, turkey. Mm-hmm. What are they doing Christmas Day? Ham? Yeah, Christmas ham have to be, or duck. Goose? Is duck, is duck a thing? Duck or goose? Oh, goose, yeah, not duck. <laughs> goose? Christmas, Christmas goose, yeah. I don't know. I don't know anybody who's done uh, goose on Christmas. I would like to talk to somebody. I'd like to have someone break down the texture of a goose, oh. or is it geese? What if you book? What if you cook two of them? Do you have to say, "Hey, we're having geese"? Yeah, you have to say we're having geese. Has <laughs> <laughs> a leftover geese, leftover geese sandwiches. I could see if you. I could see Clark do, being a a goose. Slash geese family. Geese yeah, they're mid, they're Midwesterners. They're yeah. probably like very like you know, by the book. Christmas goose. I don't know anybody who does a turkey on Christmas either. It's, maybe it's like a Midwest Midwest. It's like a white people thing. I think. Yeah. Turkey on Christmas. You know that was another thing. Like out in out in the West or Midwest, like Christmas early on was a big like party holiday. 
uh, here in the Northeast, it was it was like that's where it was religious and sacred and church and kind of in the like, Midwest or the East in the Northeast or the East. Yeah, that's where it was religious and like very. Yeah, not quite. I'm sure there was celebrations going on, but in in the in the Midwest, it was more of like a party celebration, a party like a yeah, getting drunk and having a good old time. What's your main course on Christmas? Where you go? Um, I don't even know this myself. This is prime rib. I think they change it up sometimes, but I think that there's always like a side of beef. Yeah, I feel like Christmas is one of those holidays where bloody you can kind you can kind of change it up. There's kind of no rhyme or reason to the quick Christmas meal, right? Yeah, I wouldn't be disappointed if it. I mean, I like the, I like the, the beef there, but I wouldn't be upset if they changed it up, tried something new, like a pork. You could do a pork. Yeah, more than happy to have a little pork. Yep. Yeah, there's no, there's no real like turkey's very shoot turkey. Thanksgiving's very standard. Christmas mm-hmm. Eve, at least with the times, is very standard. Mm-hmm. Even even Easter, like lamb or ham. Mm-hmm. Right, I feel like Christmas mm-hmm. is kind of a wild card. Yeah, it could be anything. It could be anything. Start could po- be I'm gonna start pulling people and be like, "What do you eat on Christmas?" You throw a pasta in there. You could. <laughs> Why not? Why not? It's, yeah. it's a wild card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do whatever I mean, you do, whatever you want. That's yeah, like the the menu, especially with us. Like every holiday is like we're very. We have a bit, we have very uh, set ideas for what we should be eating for these holidays, um, but for Christmas Day, we like, there's just no no rules. We're oh, I don't, it's a free for all. I, I don't think of, I don't think there's a holiday where either of us is this flexible with what we would want to eat. No, there's, there's a yeah. I, I'm very, I'm an open book on Christmas. You could just throw anything at me. Yeah, it feels like I, I, it feels like a prime rib day though. Because you're just like we made it to we made it to the end. Let's have because like a steak is like it's a celebratory thing. Yeah, a steak is like well job well done. Pat yourself on the back. It's Christmas. It's yeah, <laughs> and it really is the finish line. So I can see Clark. I can see the Griswolds doing that little prime rib, especially after you got the bonus. I mean, you might go out the next morning and just try and find a butcher. I don't know where he's going to find one, but. Yeah, wherever he can go. Yeah, yeah. Butcher's fucking Jewish butcher. Get some kosher. <laughs> get some kosher beef. Yeah. More than likely, it's probably though like a ham. Yeah, or no, ham's nice. the geese, the goose, the goose. Maybe maybe he goes traditional goose. I'm gonna Google like what's the traditional Christmas. You can serve goose breast medium rare. Gross. You wouldn't eat a goose. Uh, just, geese are just like, you know, you know the whole thing. They don't of, see. They don't seem very like meaty. No, they, I bet they're. I bet they're tough and gamey. Mm. Bet. I bet it's yeah. chewy. I bet a bad goose is real chewy. Ah, uh, bad goose. Yeah. And it's like, very like bony and shit, like a pig. Yeah, like you know uh, where you I stand with a nice pig. Yeah, I bet there's little pieces of. Bone in the fucking goose, like all over the place. It's like a Branzini. Yeah, it's like eating one of the fucking <laughs> Olsen twins or something, you know? 
There's nothing to them. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's like it kind of goes back to the whole Jules Winfield thing in, uh, in Pulp Fiction. Like, it doesn't eat dirty animals. When, of course, we eat pig, like, by the, I don't know, what's a group of pigs called? A group of pigs? Pigs. Yeah. No, well, it's like a group. Like, you know, you have like a wolf pack. and Like uh, a herd of sheep? Yeah. I don't know. It's a great question. Are we sure uh, there is something for pigs? Yeah, yeah. there's got to be a thing for pigs. I, uh, I, uh, I got on tip of my tongue. It's like a... Uh, mm, a... Uh, what do you call pigs in a group? Pigs in a blanket. Pigs, pigs. A slop, a slop fest of pigs. Yeah, you get it. Sloppy. What is it? It's called a drift or drove. No, nah, we would have been here all day, all night. <laughs> I never heard, never heard that at all. Um, anyway, pigs by the drove. Uh, I just geese. I just I have I hate geese. I just. I, w- I wouldn't mind breaking a goose's neck, but I don't think I'd want to eat it. Although I'm sure if somebody prepared it and was there, I would try it. So I just... Well, if you have a professional doing it. Yeah, I just... I wouldn't go out of my way to, to try to make it myself or I don't... I, no. would, or I wouldn't order it at a restaurant. Uh, it, uh, it'd have to be like a right place, right time to order. Yeah, I guess. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, if like, I mean, bo- you know, if bolognese on the menu, you're probably gonna order that over geese. <laughs> There's a cheese. You got to be like in some fancy, fucking pretentious French place. And be like, all right, I'll try the goose. Uh, goose foie gras. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm yeah. googling traditional Christmas dinner, and and I'm I'm getting a lot of uh, turkey feedback here. Yeah, if, yeah, that, it's weird running it back a month later, doing the turkey back to back months. I mean, I guess it's it's very, you know, the turkey, it is very aesthetically pleasing. Yes. The eye, it's like, a, it's very like, uh, it's a great, yes, exactly. It's a great centerpiece on your mm-hmm. table. Yeah. It just looks cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never been anywhere on Christmas where there was a turkey, though. Turkey's always been just for Thanksgiving. And I'm a pro turkey. I'm much more pro turkey than your average guy. I'm like, I might be yeah. in like the one or 2% of tur- pro turkey people. Yeah, but you don't you don't need it on uh, on Christmas. I'm I'm really considering doing a turkey like after like this turkey and stuffing after uh, football season. Just one of those cold weekends where it's just you just be inside all the time. Just throw a turkey in the oven after football. Like you want to talk like February? Yeah, 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 for sure. And you yeah. just and just yeah, just ha- you know don't do a big bird like you do on Thanksgiving, but just do. Mm. Cause I am I am a fan of the turkey, and I I, get, I don't have to go crazy. I may I'll get may I'll get a jar of the cranberry. And like, like a half like a half Thanksgiving. Yeah, turkey stuffing, cranberry. That's it. I guess it's all you need. It's right there. That that's and, ve- and probably a veg. Yeah. Yeah, you can even just do like a salad or something. Well, yeah, yeah. It doesn't be crazy. Yeah, I mean, you got to. I figure when you do it, it'll be like a Saturday or Sunday. You got all day, so. Yeah, because the Thanksgiving meal. As we like go back in time a month, where you get in trouble <laughs> with the Thanksgiving meal is you have a little bit of everything, but there's fucking like 12 sides. So it's like you're sitting there 
your stomach's pushing up against your organs and you're like, yeah. how did I, I only had a little bit. <laughs> it's because it's because you maniac, you fucking usually with a usually with a routine meal, you have like your meat with like two sides tops. Yeah. Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. There's 12 different things. You just jam <laughs> down your throat. Yeah. That's why you're in pain on the couch right now, watching the cowboy. Game. <laughs> and basically I, I was in pain for like two days. Yeah, last year I was in pain for days, and it was because I had like seconds on the soup, I had seconds seconds on the pasta, and then just went to town on a bit. And I didn't space it at all, um, as the host. Bad job by me. I, I didn't space it at all, and just like went town one after the other, and it was, it was painful. It was oh, painful. dude, I was walking around this year. It was just yeah, it was bad. It was just I, I didn't I. Like, I had to force myself to eat because I knew I had to eat, but, like, yeah. I wasn't hungry for 48 hours. I couldn't, like, drink after Thanksgiving dinner last year. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I drank on the weekend either, but I, just, I couldn't even drink that day. Like, a beer would have made me pop. If I had a, if I had a beer. Tapping out. Crippled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no good, man. I got just, just sip it on, on ice water. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. And I probably and I, and I, I get you. And I probably had dessert. I probably had a piece of pie. Of course, yeah, of course. Somehow of course. there was room. I mean, there wasn't room, but I still just packed it on top. That's where that's where Christmas has is very traditional cuisine wise is with the the, the dessert because it's just Christmas cookies for the most part. I'm sure there'll be there'll be a pie there. No. Oh yeah, pumpkin. I bring I bring a pie. There might be some uh, pumpkin. Pumpkin I don't know about me. pumpkin. I don't know about pumpkin on, on uh, Christmas. That's you know what? That's that's the media's fault. We've overhyped pumpkin. We're talking about pumpkin in August now. By the time we get to Christmas, there's no room for pumpkin pie. And plus, it's officially winter now. I think pumpkin's more of a fall. Again, September we, through like media. midway December. That's the that's the media doing that to you. Pumpkin pie still belongs, I think. We don't need to see pumpkins on people's front porches or anything but it's just because it's, it's pumpkin spice everything for months we just we don't think we we don't think uh, see because i hold off i don't have pumpkin pie until thanksgiving right so i can only have it like one day a year because every other idiot is drinking pumpkin spice latte from uh fourth of july on no, i think there's other i think there's other pies that uh play a little bit more get a little more playing time that's, that, no, that's that's fine. That's fine. I, I'm 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 not against options. I'm not being a stickler. I'm, I'm, one place I'm not going to put my foot down on Christmas. It, uh, the Christmas menu is not going to be dessert. <laughs> and it's also and it's also I feel like ninety percent Christmas cookies are the dessert, and then there's like a pie or two mixed in. Maybe it's some yeah. pastry. Oh, but Christmas. Christmas cookies are the main event. Yeah, they're so good. It is, and that's talk about a variety. I mean, you just keep mm-hmm. shoveling. I actually did a Google. I was I was trying to figure out what those Hershey Kiss uh, cookies are called because it's always just called them the Hershey Cook Kiss cookies. Peanut, yeah, peanut butter Hershey Kiss, yeah, yeah, peanut butter blossoms. And I'm not calling them that. Never. I mean, now we I'm probably not... will, like as a joke, but yeah, never. Can I get oh, those, those blossoms? <laughs> yeah. Go grab me a blossom. No, that's not happening. Go grab me a Joey. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> <A> Malcolm Bialik. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I'm not calling them blossoms. They're the they're the Hershey Kiss ones. That's perfect. Yeah, that's. I think that's really literally what I call. Like my mother does the crisp cookies. I'm like, you do the Hershey Kiss ones. I think we've always called them that. And that's just much easier. Blossom. It'll get back to the movie and the eggnog. I don't think I've ever, maybe one time in my life, like been faced with a punch bowl full of eggnog that was already boozed up. I've at my uh, grandmother's house, I've had it in the punch bowl. No, no booze though is in the punch bowl. I gotta say, I hate. I don't like a punch bowl. I hate punch bowls. Really? Yeah, I don't. Just put in a pitcher. Why? Right, why are we doing the punch bowl thing? Why do I have to ladle? It's not. It's not fuck. It's not a fucking soup. It gets over like the side of the cup. There's always some. You don't, you don't like like a you don't like like a punch bowl like with like a jungle juice in it though. No, no. Like I mean the traditional look, one like someone spiked the punch at prom. I've been down that path. Like I'll drink. I'll drink out of the punch bowl. I'll play ball, but I do not like the grudge. You like the pitcher, but, but the the punch bowl holds more than the pitcher. That's that's true. It does, but I, again, I just. Don't want to leave the punch bowl, like makes it easier for the host to be like, all right, it's out, and then when it's gone, it's gone. Yeah, so I got I got I can't get over the ladle thing. I feel like it's such a fucking unnecessary mess. We gotta ladle it over the bowl. Yeah, but even but even still it gets on the side of the cup and stuff, you get dripping down the side, sticky. Yeah. So if you see an eggnog bowl where you are this weekend, you're just gonna lay off. No, I said I'll do. I'll still play ball. I just don't all like right. it. Uh, I, I'm all about. I mean, in the end, I'm bringing eggnog where we're going, and it's in a bottle, so it's perfect. I'm not. I'm leaving my ladle home <laughs> and punch bowl. Byol, bring your own ladle. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just um, yeah, it's something I want to drink. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll do it. That's the only way I can get at it. I like those. I like the. Um, I was at a party years ago, and they had. John Daly's. It was like a summer barbecue party. They had John Daly's, but it was in like one of the big things that had like the spout at the bottom. I don't know what you call it. A big container. I don't know what you call it. But had the John spout. Daly's is basically the Arnold Palmer's with vodka. Yeah. Okay. And you, and you would just go and like open the nozzle, fill it for a cup, close it. Yeah. That, that's that I like. I don't know if you can do it with eggnog, a little thick, but yeah. those if, for a party. For for a mixed drink for an entire party, that's the route I would I prefer. Uh, I think now that they sell it in package stores, it's easier just to buy the bottle. Oh, the nog, yeah, it takes yeah, up less space. So you just pass the you just pass it around the table. It takes up almost no space. Yeah, as one less as one less bottle because you don't have to add the booze. You don't have to bring the booze and the eggnog. Right. How boozy is it? How how much alcohol is in that? Not a lot, fifteen percent maybe. Yeah, I'd still like to spike it. Oh, you could still, yeah. I mean, <laughs> still add no, a little more to it. It's such a dangerous game to play, spiking alcoholic beverages. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Sometimes you know, it, it's just, it's a trust thing. You, do you really trust these people to get you as drunk as you want to be, or do you trust yourself to? No, nah, I mean it's the only way to drink like a high noon or something or one of those one of those seltzers yeah, just by adding booze to it. Again, very dangerous to get to go down that path. 
<laughs> but sometimes it has to be done. Um, uh, yeah. What else we got on Christmas vacation? We have we're at the nine minute mark here. What else we have for Christmas vacation? Uh, let's see. Bill Murray's brother is the Potter. We didn't mention that. Brian Brian Doyle Murray. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, he was also the. Uh, he was the guy who I believe checked them into the hotel in vacation or European. Okay. He was Fair. he worked the front he worked the hotel front desk in one of those movies. Okay, I can picture him with the mustache. I, um, I, I'm gonna ask you a question. I don't know my answer to this, so take your time. Uh, what is the quote of this movie that you use the most? Like in everyday life. Uh. There's a, I mean, there's a few of them. There's a, few, I don't know if I use it in everyday life because it, it's not really relevant to yeah. what I may be doing. But shitter's full is a great one. Shitter's full is really good. Yeah. Shit, I mean, good. Yeah, you know, look, kids, a dare. That's right, right in the beginning. <laughs> I think I, I use. Uh... Kiss his ass, kiss your ass. Happy Hanukkah a lot. Yeah, I'm just in a lot of corporate. Like I just to myself because I'm in a lot, a lot of corporate um, settings. There's a lot of people like that. You gotta just <laughs> you gotta play the game with them and stuff. Right. It's like uh, it's like uh, kiss your ass, kiss my ass, kiss his ass. Happy Hanukkah. Um, trying to think, a couple underrated ones like. Uh... When they're trying to get the squirrel, and Clark's like, "Where is Eddie? He usually eats these things." <laughs> oh yeah, I think that's that's might be my favorite one. Is uh, I mentioned it earlier. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna botch it now, but he's like, uh, "Take it to the middle of nowhere, leave it for dead." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Uncle Lewis ha- has a has a really good one when he's talking to uh, Aunt. Uh, the hell's your name? Aunt whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, you you couldn't hear a dump truck driving through a nitroglycerin plant. <laughs> and just his his delivery is is <laughs> makes that even funnier than it even is. You know, I like Clark's father when they're out when they, he bucks up the first time putting the lights on. And he's like, uh if you need anything for me, I'll be upstairs sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, very very quotable movie. I mean, there's so many. Yeah, it's cousin Eddie. You could probably go online, and someone probably has like a top ten just cousin Eddie quotes from this movie. Yeah, you know, you say, "Oh, this might be the number one." I think we talked it out. Yep. Are you serious, Clark? <laughs> That's the one I use. That I use <laughs> that, that might one. be number one. I use that one regularly. I didn't, yeah, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> That's how much I use it. It's just part of the vernacular. It is because that's that's like you relevant. You can work that into conversation very I, easily. I think I say it to my kids and my wife all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of that sentiment going on in my life. Yeah. But yeah, yeah Cousin Eddie is just a quote machine in this movie. That's the number one. So I, I forget the exact line, but when he's talking about his daughters, I got my daughter. 
in the clinic getting her cured off the wild turkey. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Cause cousin Eddie. Guy's a lightning rod. Oh, uh, well, I'm not talking to you. That's one of the best ones, too. <laughs> I wasn't yeah. talking to you. Yeah. All right. What else? What else we got, Ant? Uh, let's see. Uh, very strange to see like them take a family trip to the mall. It's like, how often do you see that anymore? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you have everybody visiting, and Bezos has kind of ended that. That is um, a tradition from the past, for sure. Oh, and his co-worker, uh, Bill, is that his name? Oh, yeah, what's his name? I just I just call him Kennedy because that's his name in Sopranos, the doctor. yeah. yeah. Uh, that's the first thing I think of when I see the guy. He, he he really didn't change from this to the Sopranos role. No, not much. Maybe a little little lighter hair by the time he was in uh, Sopranos ten years later. But yeah. that's it. Mm-hmm. A little gray around the temples. Looked like the same dude. Yeah. All right. Let's see what I got here. Uh, Do 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 uh, let's see. You know the beer that that uh, cousin Eddie's drinking when he's emptying the shitter was a real beer that was discontinued. Oh yeah, what's the name? It was a Miller product, Meister Brow. I think it was a Midwest beer. Probably if it was Miller. Uh, <laughs> most of them, I mean, even Bud is a is a Midwest beer, but uh. Yeah, it was discontinued a few years back. I feel like it was that was an actual bear. It wasn't just a uh, like a ripoff Fugazi bear they stuck in there. I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you a uh, fun fact about Randy Quaid. Yeah. So here comes Santa Claus. Is played at the end. I think when the cops are are oh, yeah. uh, raiding the house. Uh-huh. Gene Autry. That's a Gene Autry version. Yep. Third cousins with Randy Quaid. I did not know that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what the most recorded? This is what I heard. I hope it's true. Um, not checking it. Do you know what the most recorded Christmas song is? It's m- most different versions, different artists. Yeah. Uh, God, there's so many. <laughs> A jingle bells. I don't know. No, Silent Night. Would I? I would have guessed twelve songs before. Yeah, it's like it's one of, it's one of the oldest ones. Silent- I heard a Bob Seger Christmas song today. Seger, Little Drummer Boy. Wow, how was it? The Rock. I mean, it was yeah, it was pretty standard. It was just it was 
the song with Seeger. Uh make it your own, Bob. Come on. Silver the silver bullet band rock. Please. I mean, yeah, no, it wasn't like a rock version. You know, like we we talk about him having like those old Christmas songs, but I mean, like the, there's a Tom Petty Christmas song, there's an Elton John Christmas song, of course, there's like Lennon Christmas songs. Like, there's yeah. a lot of modern day Christmas songs that I kind of let go by the wayside when we're having that conversation. Those aren't that modern. I mean, Petty and Elton John, I and mean, it's not that long ago. That's not Sinatra and Ben Crosby. No, it's not that. No. Oh, and that uh, that's another good quote when he talks about uh, hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny fucking K. Yeah. I actually caught a little bit of that. that he's referencing the movie White Christmas. That was on AMC at one point recently, and I caught like 20 minutes of it. It's a very old movie. Uh, I'm not even sure what exactly it was about. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's one that you're going to be watching. It's it's very it's very like old old. How was the tap dancing? I don't know if I actually got to the tap dancing part. <laughs> All right, I right, gotta take a break. All right, well we're back. Have anything else uh, on the movie or a White Christmas uh, you got before we get it into week sixteen? At no, I gave you everything I had with White Christmas. That was it. <laughs> All right. Um, Oh, real quick, I guess we got to mention for the picks. Uh, we'll talk this morning. Got up to a shock because the Mets landed Carlos Correa. Uh, something I don't think anybody saw that coming. Not me. The Giants, of course, uh, the butt of everybody's jokes today. Um, just, just a rough, <laughs> rough off season for them. The Mets keep spending uh, twelve years for Correa. It's a lot. It's a long time. Uh, this is not is not a, a signing that they care about what's going to happen in six or seven or eight or 12 years. They have two 40-year-old aces on the team. They want to win now. They got Correa. That's the right guy for that team for now. Um, we'll see if it works out. You know, moving superstar moving to third base, you know, with a guy that you think is your friend at shortstop. We've seen it happen before. It didn't really work out as well, although there is a ring um, from that marriage. So we'll see. What you yeah. For the news. I mean, I thought it was the last I heard yesterday was they postponed the press conference because they had a little bit of an issue with the medical, uh, physical, whatever medical report. Yeah. Uh, I was not expecting to wake up to him on a different team with a different contract. No. Mets feel like they got him at a discount, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. So he damaged goods, though, right? If that's the case. I don't know. If, if the Giants like tried to renegotiate the deal, which seems kind of odd. I mean, I guess you could have hesitations about the medical report, but don't you have to completely? Uh, it's just, it's just, it was just a weird situation the way it was described. Like the Giants kind of like reneged on the deal almost. Yeah, I guess it happens if you're buying a house and like you get to go through the inspection, and uh, I don't know fire. The the fireplace, the chimney is busted up, and you're like, ah, oh, I got to fix the chimney before I start, before I buy it. We're gonna knock yeah. this much off the price. I have every right to be like, no, nah, go fuck yourself. So that's that's you just happened. never, you almost never see that in sports, though. No, no, not you never sports, see it. No. You never see a deal reported and then be like, 
Oh, we actually found that he's got a little bit of a thing with his with his knee. So we're actually going to knock 20 mil off in one less year. Like that never. Yeah. I, I don't know if we've ever seen that in sports. Yeah. No, it doesn't, doesn't happen. I, yeah. I don't know how, yeah. I don't know how that translates in the negotiations or whatnot, but I, you know, Cray is who he is. I mean, he's not healthy all the time when he's healthy. He's, you know, he's a fine player. And when he gets to the playoffs, he's healthy. He's excellent. He's great. He's a guy you want at bat. Um, he's a guy you want um at shortstop so or third base in this case but right yeah they the Mets are not being shy that's for sure it's a long deal uh for a guy with an injury history but you know this is uh this is the new Mets this is Steve Cohen's Mets and this is how they're going to handle their business yeah it's weird though for Mets fans right like they don't they they're not used to being this team to being no. the like the Go out and get getting every free agent super team. No, they're the evil empire. Well, they haven't won anything. <laughs> you can't you can't lose to the Padres in the first round in a wild card game or whatever the fuck uh, that is. The the two right, games, but you're going to be played. treated. You're going to be treated by opposing fans, opposing ballparks. I mean, you got the bullseye on your back. You're the hunted well, now. You're not the hunter. You're not the hunter when you go out there and do this. Well, Correa's already got like a little bit of bullseye on him anyway. I don't yeah. know how much vitriol he got being on the Twins, but now being on the Mets, being part of this payroll, it's going to come back. The people already have a reason to hate him. So, right. Right. Yeah. Um, that should be interesting. Should yeah. be interesting. I don't know how that's going to work out. But uh, yeah, they're all in. All in. They're officially all in the Mets. It's just it's it's different. I, even in Houston, where they had success, it's just not as magnified. That's the one thing no, you're not going to know about anybody till they get here. But mm-hmm. now Correa is kind of, I mean, I guess it's, I guess it's Lindor's team, right? Like who's like the leader on the team? Like it's not Alonso. Like, I don't know. I think the team might gravitate more towards Lindor, especially now with Correa. I don't view Lindor as a as a leader. I'm not, no, I neither do I. Like, I think like Alonzo seems like he's the guy, but I think that in that clubhouse, it might be. I think guys might look towards him. They probably shouldn't. Lindor doesn't strike me as that guy. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I, I think maybe, maybe the signing is because I, I know his fingerprints are on this. That's the only reason I, I think that might be the case yeah i'm not sure it's it's gonna be a weird year uh like identity wise for the mets because you have a lot of big names a lot of big personalities on there something goes wrong it's not gonna it's not gonna take long for the papers to jump all over them it's not gonna be long for social social media to blow up and the radio shows to blow up and the call-ins and like all that it's gonna that's like the one thing man like they're they are not gonna be patient If he gets hurt and he doesn't play for like two months, people are gonna be pissed. If he comes down, and he hits one twenty, people are gonna be pissed. Like it's just not. Again, you got two forty year olds, man in that eight, man in that staff, right? Um, two hired guns who uh, they're not gonna be given long leashes either. No, they're you got to win now. Next two years, you got to win. Otherwise, you know, got to strike now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which is which is odd that they signed Adavino as well for a couple of years. They really wanted to win, but no, that's another story. They like Adavino. Ugh. 
play on fire, my yeah. opinion. Uh, anything else sports from the week? Uh, I watched a little bit of the judge press conference today. Uh, Randy Levine looks like the kid from Bad Santa. <laughs> All grown up. It's it's unbelievable. He's transitioned. <laughs> Same hair. Oh, man. Put on a few LBs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's I, I just watched a little bit of it. Um, once I saw Jeter was there, I knew what was going on, so I was like, All right, Jeter's there, let me see when they actually name him captain. Yeah, uh, so I tuned into that for a little bit on the fan, mm-hmm. just got a little, just wet my whistle a little bit, and then got in, got out. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was it had to be given that long term, he's gonna be there for a while. I mean, I think that's the, uh, I think that's why they hold off on naming captains now. I mean, obviously a Jeter for a long time, but I think that's why there were no rush, because you don't want to have the embarrassment of the team to have a captain go play for the Padres. You know what I mean? That's just the, no. <laughs> and Jeter wasn't named captain until he was signed up long term. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, oh. they they done all his winning already. Yeah, seven years. He was seven yeah. years in to when, yeah. before he was named. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Nobody's ever been named. Uh, I mean, I guess Munson was named captain like four years in, maybe seventy six. Seventy. Yeah. So four years in, but yeah, you, no, you got to. Uh, you got to be here a little bit before you get that title. You got to be locked up. You can't be a fucking hitting free agency as a captain. Yeah, no, you have to be. It's you've got to be there. <laughs> you got it's got to be sure that you're going to be there forever. Otherwise, yeah. Otherwise, uh, it, what's the point? Yeah, I just. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's great to have Judge there. Love, love that he's going to be on the team for a while. I'm going to really enjoy watching him hit dingers. It's just this, the team just scares me. I mean, yeah, as, as it should. Yeah, that's all. And there's not a lot around them. Uh, the, I got to listen. One of these prospects has has got to hit. Is one? It's got to be a hit. I mean, not just hit like hit the ball, but it has to be like an A prospect when he gets up. Right. Not just an A prospect, an A major leaguer, all star, right. all around player, makeup, personality, like. I don't, I, I don't, and I'm only saying this not because, like, I think every prospect comes up has to be like the guy, has to be the man, but because it's been so long since we've had anybody that's been close to that. Like, this is the last other than judge, right? This is the last stand. We don't even have, but there's not even guys who are like really good contributors. <laughs> like, I don't think, no. like, uh, unless you want to count labor. No. Because he's, I mean, well, we'll see what happens. I feel like he's going to be gone, but who knows? Uh, from, uh, yeah, I mean, if to, for me, overall, Donaldson, obviously, he's got to go. He's got to go. Glaber's got to go. Well, I don't know. Cashman said today, he said Donaldson's their third baseman. Great. I mean, he's going to say that, but. MVP. <laughs> Two MVPs in the lineup. Man. Three MVPs in the lineup. Sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so he's got to he's got to be the captain. Welcome, welcome, welcome back in the. Yeah, let's go. Uh, yeah. Week week sixteen, then that's where we're at. Let's. Oh shit! I forgot to do with math. We had a joint pick last week. We did. 
Um, so you went, uh, you went one and three with that <laughs> joint pick. Yeah. So that brings you to 26, 21 and two. 26, 21 and two. All right. And with that joint pick, I went three and one. So that brings me to 27, 21 and one. And what am I, 26, 21, and 2? Yep. 26, okay. Up one, in the win, up one in the win column. And you're up yeah. one. And you're up one. Amazing how it's a dead heat like this. If we just stop picking the Jets, which are in yeah. play this week. I know that's why you wanted to record on Wednesday, so the Jets game was in play. First time in the history of the show where I think the Thursday night game has been in play. Yeah. So – that's why I know that's why you made the exception. You wanted to chase the Jets here. So um, I'm not even going to flip a coin because the thing on the online, I don't count. I don't have a change here. Heads, it's a head. You want first or second? <laughs> yeah, I go first. All right, let's have it. Christmas week, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Monday Night Football, full slate, four days of games. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. Uh, all right, so. I mean, I have to. I have to do it. They cover every week. <laughs> this spread is terrifying because it's gone from three and a half to three. Yep. Even though the money is on the favorite, but I'm going Bengals minus three. Yep. I get back in the winning ways. Then. The spread tells me New England is the play here, but I just I'm picking the Bengals until they don't cover. Period. Mm-hmm. And they're definitely better than New England. Yep. I think it's gonna be a close game, tight game, but I got I mean, I'm laying only three. Bengals minus three to pick number one. All right. All right, do this again. Fuck, I have to knock thing off. Um man. Let's go down the line here. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I got a I got a darling team myself here. And uh team has been fun all along. Team has defied the odds all along. Team is hot, coming off a crazy win against the Jets. Um Detroit's favored by two and a half at Carolina. Um Detroit's got something to play for. Detroit's a better team, Detroit's a fun team. Carolina, yeah, you know, they are the Panthers. I know I think they'll put up a little bit of a fight, more of a fight. I think a two and a half is a good number. Um, but I think Detroit's far better than this team. Give me Detroit two and a half. All right. Pick number two. Uh Cold weather games this year, this uh, week. This might be the first real weather week. Christmas, a lot of you're gonna see a lot of breaths. Oh yeah, any snow? There's gotta be some snow somewhere. Mm, I don't know if I've seen snow. It might rain a lot tomorrow in the Jets game. I read that there could be some rain tomorrow. Oh, plays right. Plays right into Zach Wilson's hands. Yeah, it's gonna be take the under. Pick up the Jags defense and fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So I'm going to fall right into this trap that we talk about. Uh, we were talking about for a while, really, all season, and even carrying over to uh, looking back to last season. One of the worst teams against the spread has been the Chiefs, but I got to take them this week. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I hear that. I got to take them. They're laying 10 against Seattle. I mean, this this is this is 35 nothing <laughs> in the second quarter. I don't see how the Chiefs don't just go out there and steamroll them. And I know, like, we say that every week, and then they dick around and they go to overtime with the Texans, and, you know, they go to overtime with the Titans at home. And, you know, they win these games, but it's just not impressive. Seattle has one of the worst defenses in the league. They have no pass rush. They don't stop the. They don't stop anything. I mean, this is just Mahomes does whatever he wants. Kelsey does whatever he wants. Uh, Casey by a million, minus ten. <laughs> Pick number two. No, you are just you are trying to get back in your own ways. You don't like going one and three. Um, my next, going good teams. My all right. My next game. Um, I, t- Tennessee is due to I mean, Tennessee is due to kind of. Correct things a little bit here. Uh, Houston just came off their their uh, their Super Bowl. I think taking Kansas City to to uh, overtime is probably their Super Bowl. Um, Henry kills Houston. Tennessee kind of gets back on their winning ways here uh, for at least for a, a week. I mean, used to, I don't know. I don't know if they own Houston. I have a feeling they do own Houston though. Um, it's three point favorites, so hey, look out for the tie or something stupid or you know. But uh, I, I just think this is a, kind of a little bit of a get-right game. And I think everybody is off of Tennessee. Everybody's on Houston right now. So I think it's opportune time to take Tennessee here, minus three. No Tannehill. That's fine. Malik Willis. That's fine. No Deshaun, right, gotta... no, no Deshaun Watson for Houston. No Deshaun Watson. All right, pick number three. This one, I just i i was I liked this team early in the week. Or excuse me, I didn't like this team. I flip flopped this team back and forth all week. Basically, didn't like them at first. Then I got good news in the quarterback. Then I talked myself out of it. And then something happened this morning where I I just like I have to take this game now. Saturday night, it's going to be 12 degrees at kickoff in Pittsburgh. Okay? Mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett is playing quarterback. I like that because Trubisky, you can't watch Trubisky. Okay? And then the kicker is I find out Franco Harris passed away this morning. If the Steelers have any pride, if that uniform means anything, they have to go out there and win this game. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites against Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Raiders. The Immaculate Reception 50 years ago tomorrow. Yep, anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, yeah. Dog just interviewed – I listened to the interview today on the way to work. He interviewed Franco Harris on Tuesday. I wake up this morning and find out the guy passed away. Like, he talked to the guy 24 hours before he passed away. It's crazy. Wow. It's crazy. Um. 
I mean, it's it, and it's just like I'm not the only person thinking this. So I look at the spread. I see two and a half. This clearly feels like a trap. Like you're betting with your heart. Mm-hmm. But I mean, 12 degrees, and the immaculate reception was against the Raiders. I mean, they are going to be hammering that home on the broadcast. He's supposed to get his number retired. Was he supposed to get his number retired this weekend too? I think. Oh my it's, god! It's just it's all. <laughs> I mean. How do you not take the Steelers in this game? Like, I thought this – I'm so stupid when I think about this stuff. I'm like, oh, the spread's going to jump up because of this. Mm. I thought yeah. it was going to go up yeah. to, like, three, three and a half, four. Yeah, it's because money's going to be pouring in, yeah. Well. Uh, apparently, that's not the case. I got, I mean, I got to go Steelers. <laughs> I, Tomlin's got to keep alive. The He still has a chance to keep alive the no-losing uh, record streak. If he wins his final three games, they go nine and eight. That's a winning record. Uh, I'm not sure that's going to happen, but I got to take them. Uh, it's Tomlin versus Josh McDaniels. Come on. Yeah. They, Pittsburgh. Vegas had their miracle last week. All right. Yeah. Game, yeah. game number three for me. Um, Indianapolis is coming off a ridiculous loss. <laughs> like the most ridiculous loss. You can imagine a team coming off of. But this is the NFL. The teams have pride. And they're home on Monday night. And Matt Ryan is taking a seat. And Nick Foles is playing. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers are coming in as four-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, and I ju- I, I'm, I'm at the point where I don't really trust the Chargers. I definitely don't trust the Chargers on the road. And if Indy, if Indianapolis has any pride at all, talk about pride, Ant, has any pride at all, they come out here and they put up a fight and they they punish the Chargers for what happened to them last week. I don't think I don't think it's gonna be like they're punishing them by winning by four touchdowns, but I think they punish them by keeping it close, maybe even getting to a little bit of a lead, um, making the Chargers work. If they if the Chargers want to win this game, the Chargers need this game. The Chargers want to win this game. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna have to earn it. Give me give me Indy as uh, the four and a half point dogs on Monday night. We're all being punished by a, another Colts primetime game. <laughs> That's why I gotta make it. Inter- I gotta make it interesting. Uh, yeah, we got Foles in primetime. That's what you wanted. Foles in primetime. Yeah, that's what you wanted six weeks ago. I know. I wanted Foles like to come in mid game though. I feel like Nick Foles. You gotta. Just throw him in the fire. I don't like yeah. Nick Foles with a week to prepare. Yeah, a little early in the week for the announcement. Yeah, that's for sure. But we'll we'll take it. I'll just it, is Matt Ryan. We talked about Matt Ryan's legacy on Monday. Is it? Will he play again? Is he ever going to play again? He shouldn't. But I feel like that's tough to just go out on that game. Is he supposed to retire at the end of the year? I, I mean, my eyes would say yes. <laughs> I would say he should retire. Man, what a way uh, to go I don't out. know. What a way to go out. Yeah. So to recap, Bengals minus three, Chiefs minus 10, Steelers minus two and a half. I got Detroit, two and a half point favorites, Tennessee minus three, Indy plus four and a half. There you go. Picks for week 16. Let's go down the line here. Jacksonville and the Jets tomorrow night. I just cold weather or not, man. I cannot trust the Jets here as the favorite. 
Can't I don't even think it. it's going to be cold. I think it's going to be rainy. Oh, well, either way. If it's sunny, they're playing a dome. I can't trust the Jets in this spot. I just can't. The trust is gone. Uh, yeah, this is a no play for me. I uh, I kind of want to lean Jets just because I trust their defense a little more than Jacksonville's. Yeah. But uh, I can't play this one. I lean, I lean, slightly lean Jets. I'm leaning Jacks. I just, I think Lawrence has found like his stride and he wants to keep it going. And it's a, it's a nice test against the Jets D. They did, they did play well last week up until the point where they had to make a big play and they didn't. I just think that Jacksonville is, uh, it just, I feel this feels like two teams moving in opposite directions right now. Yeah. Uh, Giants at Minnesota, Minnesota four point favorites. This is another one I don't really have a strong play on. The Vikings seem to just never make it easy on themselves. Uh, so I want to, I'll, I'll slightly lean towards uh, the Giants, but it's a no play for me. Yeah, I lean towards the Giants here too. A little bit better of a of a road team than they are, than they are a home team. Minnesota coming off that high of that uh, comeback. Yep, feels like maybe a little bit of a letdown game coming for them, or at least. And like you said, they, they do make it hard on themselves. So at least they have the Giants have that going for them. Atlanta is playing Baltimore. Baltimore seven point favorite. Uh, this is one where I kind of lean towards Atlanta. I just the Ravens' offense has looked atrocious. I don't think Lamar's playing. Uh, I mean, on paper the Ravens should win this game, but uh, I don't know, I'm leaning. I'm leaning towards the Falcons. Falcons run the ball, which is gonna be, it's gonna be cold there. Got to be able yes. to run the ball. Touchdown! Like a touchdown just seems like way too much for this game to be separated by. And the under over is 35 and a half. So it's like you're saying it's going to be low scoring. Yeah. And it feels like a 12 to seven game. Yeah. It's going to be gross. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo goes to Chicago as eight and a half point favorites. Yeah. I liked the Bears last week in uh, in this similar spot against Philly. Uh, and this is like the definition of a trap game for Buffalo because they had the Miami game. Mm-hmm. Last week, and then they have the Bengals the following week. So it's like this is like the trap game where they're like they're playing the shitty Bears. Mm-hmm. So this would tell me uh, like those all those red flags tell me Bears, but I think I I would just lay the eight and a half with the Bills. I, the Bears defense stinks. It, this is one of those games where yeah you can get cute home underdog Bears, but it could also be like forty two seventeen. Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go. Bills. Yeah, I I think you really have to have faith in in that uh that Bears offense, which they were doing. You know, when Fields was healthy, you know, earlier in the season with that first run. I mean, they just kind of he was able to keep them in these games, and they would they would just lose at the end, lose badly in the end. Uh, it could it could be what happens here, but uh, it's tough. It's betting you you bet against the Bills is your own uh peril. New Orleans. Yeah, that's going to be one. That's going to be one of those games where it's going to be really cold. I think in Chicago. Yeah, get bone chilling. Yes. Uh, New Orleans 
at Cleveland, Browns are two and a half point favorites. This is another game where it's going to be very cold. So I, I, this was like an honorable mention. This was like an alternate pick. Mm-hmm. I love the Browns in this spot, and I hate how much I like them. I feel like I'm missing something. They're, I mean, they're home. I'm looking at two and a half right now. The money's on Cleveland, and the spread went down. That's a big red flag. Mm-hmm. You're playing the Saints, like a dome team, Andy Dalton. I know it's not Andy Dalton prime time, but you know, and he, you know, he played in Cincinnati. But it's like you're playing this the Saints in in like 15 degree weather, and it's the Browns. So it's like I'm not putting it past the Browns to lose a game ever. Mm-hmm. But God, man, this is a game where this is a game where you gotta you gotta beat the soft ass Saints, no? I, I love the Browns here. I love them so much they didn't make my cut because I was like, I feel like I'm missing something. Yeah, I, I just it, it's hard. And, and it all is 12 and 5 against the Browns in his career, just, just for the record. Well, I he know. was a bangle. He was no, on, on better teams. I'm just saying. It's, if you played be, in the be, AFC North, you have a winning record against the Browns, probably. <laughs> it had to be said. Um, but yeah, I just it doesn't it doesn't seem like a good place for New Orleans to be uh, on December 24th. Like it feels like it should be four that spread instead of two and a half is just like it feels like too easy that it scared me off. Yeah, yeah. But come Sunday or come Saturday, think, give me the yeah, Browns. Yeah, might be, yeah. Might, you might be looking at the Browns. Um, every other game we talked about. Okay, Washington at San Francisco. San Francisco is a seven point favorite. I just I'm at a point I think where. He- I, you just gotta go San Fran, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, finish my sentence. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just can't. I can't pick against Washington. I can't pick Washington in this spot. Uh, At some point, Purdy's probably gonna look like Mister Irrelevant. Not against, but I Washington. think you just. I think you just gotta. I think you just gotta ride it until he puts up a clunker. Yeah, I just. I don't see this team giving him fits. I don't see them causing problems for him that he can't handle or that the team around him can't handle. It's yeah. probably, I think it's going to be a route. Could be. Washington's a little – I mean, they might be in a spot where they, they had a bad loss. Like India, they come back playing for a little bit of pride. But they want to kind of prove themselves. There's a little bit of that to this, but I don't. I think San Francisco is just in a different class. And yeah. that's, that's tough to make a point against a team like that. It's been done before, but – yeah, I'm not holding my breath on this one. Uh, Dallas hosting Philly. Um, this is the other four o'clock game. Uh, five, Dallas is five point favorites. Gardner Minshew is going to be a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like people are going to like Philly in this spot because they know Minshew. And they're going to see a 13 and one team getting five. And with that said, I kind of, I kind of like Philly getting five. I don't try. I just don't trust Dallas in this spot, but then I see, I, this is an unbettable game for me for the record. Unplayable. Yeah. Cause I also feel like Philly knows they might see Dallas again and Philly may try and keep a few tricks up their sleeve. I don't think they're going to want to show their hand here. That might be true. Neither team and neither team really needs the game. 
Philly wraps everything up with a win. Dallas, I mean, yeah, you got the Giants behind you, but Dallas is going to be the five. Like, these mm-hmm. teams are locked into where they are. This game has no juice. Dallas losing to Jacksonville killed any juice. Philly mm-hmm. taking care of business against Chicago. It just killed you, – you, this, 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 this is more of just like a dress rehearsal for when the – if and when they play in the playoffs. So, I, yeah. it's an unbettable game for me. If you may pick a side, I'll probably just take the five with Philly. Just because Minshew has some, something to play for. Him alone. And he just – dude, Mike Leach was his college coach. Yeah. Mississippi State, and he eulogized yeah. him today. Yeah. Um, leaves us with the Sunday games. Green Bay at Miami minus four. Um, yeah, I don't know what to make of Green Bay. They're on, they've won a couple in a row, but it was the Bears and Rams. Mm-hmm. Dolphins should be able to move the ball on Green Bay. Yeah. Uh, They're back home after weeks, weeks away. Uh, it's been a bad, while. Thanksgiving a weekend. Thanksgiving weekend was the last time they were home, so it's been yeah. a month. Yeah, well, there's no place like home for the holidays. I'm looking at Miami here. Green, Yeah, Green Bay back down to earth. Uh, Denver is going to play the Rams. Denver is two and a half point favorites in the, uh, uh, the, the looking forward to a four o'clock game here on Sunday. Yeah, I mean this Buck Celtics is on up against this game. I think that's you got to watch Buck Celtics. I think I'd rather I think I'd rather eat medium rare goose than watch Denver. Yes, gamey roadkill <laughs> geese geeses. Yeah, the goose game is the burnt goose of the burnt goose game of the week. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll take Denver. Sure, Denver it is. Final answer. <laughs> And uh, the final game uh, that we haven't touched on, Sunday night game, Tampa Bay, uh, seven-and-a-half-point favorites at Arizona. Yeah, Tampa was on my short list, but this game, this spread got out of control because Trace McSorley was named quarterback. Mm-hmm. This is one where you, you should have bet it first thing in the week because it, it came out that Colt McCoy had a concussion and they were going to be cautious with him, which why wouldn't they be? I mean, Arizona stinks. Yeah. So this one, I saw it as low as like three and a half really in the week. Love it Ooh. at three and a half. Love it at four, four. Now it's seven and a half. I'm, st- I would still take Tampa. And that's, I'm, I have nothing good to say about Tampa. I think they are awful, but Trace McSorley quarterbacking this dumpster fire. T- Tampa yeah. should be able to cover this game on defense. Yeah. It's, uh, this two, Two ugly teams going at it, but Tampa's got a little bit more pedigree. Arizona is a dumpster fire on top of a pile yeah. of shit on top of uh, Green Bay. Miami's going to have to carry the load on Sunday because I don't know these other two games. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, at least at, at least like you tune into like that Tampa game and like there's something to play for and like you're. I mean, that's all you got going for that game. Like, at least it's Brady, and they got something to play for. And you, get, and if Arizona's yeah. like keeping them close, you, you can root against them, and then Brady can break your heart again, like he did a few weeks back. But that's really it. Um, yeah. How do you feel? All right, just I guess we talked about Miami already. We don't need to go back. I was going to ask you how you, how you personally feel. Um, I think Dolphins offense will move the ball. Defense terrifies me because the secondary stinks. So if Rodgers gets hot, he could pick us apart. But I, I'm expecting the offense better. Better drop fucking 30. Yeah. Yeah, it's, they're just tough to gauge right now after what we saw at West and then even, even after the loss. 
Yeah. They looked a lot better. They looked better last week. Yeah, the uh, offense did. Yep. Just uh, it's tough to it's it's t- it's tough to really feel secure and tough to feel confident when uh, they've been so inconsistent. Yeah. The past month and a half. So. Um, all right. Well, we got a few minutes, four minutes left until uh, the ball drops here and we hit Christmas. Well, not ball drops, but you know what I mean? You get the metaphor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Last show before Christmas, you have a drink in front of you. What are you drinking over there? I do not have a drink in front of me. It's the holidays, man. What are you doing? Sorry. I'm trying, I'm trying to pace myself. It's been a fucking, ever since Thanksgiving, it's been a, uh, going zero to a (laughs) hundred. It sounds about right. Every week there's a party, something to do. I'll see you tomorrow night. There'll be something going on. And then uh, the weekend will be here. And weekend's a little different because it's Christmas. The weekend's a little bit different. It's a are little you, bit different. Are you are you off all week or are you going into work next week? Um, I'm going into work. Yeah. Not Monday. Monday. Yeah, and no, I got back, but, back uh, to back. Back to back three day weekends. Back to back three day weekends. Yeah, gotta go on Friday, but is what it is. Yep. So it'll be, it'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and this is that week between Christmas and New Year's is always so slow and so dead. Oh, yeah. I like going in that week just because I know it's going to be the easiest week of the year. Um, yeah, yeah. Ball wa- games going on. Yeah. Why waste a vacation day on just? A day where nothing's gonna happen. I'd rather waste. No. I'd, rather use, I'd rather use a vacation day. I can say you do my fucking work today. I'll see you. I'll see you tomorrow. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I, uh, I, I can't. You can't use a vacation day on a day where you know it's gonna be dead, unless you got yeah. something lined up to to do. Right. Yeah. Different story. Yeah. It could. If it's a day in June, you just happen have a plan to do something. It just happens to be a, a slow day. It's not your fault. Ah, just go life, enjoy the slow day. Life Put your feet up. up. Yeah. So that's what I'll do next week. I have, mostly half days and stuff, so that's good. I'm happy to do that. So I remember there was years where it was just me and, like, this one other person in the office, and that was it. And, like, 1 o'clock would come around. I'd be like, you leaving? She'd be like, yeah. I said, oh, see you tomorrow. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving, too. Be yeah. on that train. So... Uh, yep. It's, uh, it's Christmas. It's it's Christmas. It's here. It's officially on, Does it it feel like it to you? Are you, are you, um, in the Christmas mode or is it too much? Is it too much of a routine now where it's just kind of, you lock in and you're professional about it? Well, I'd say both. Locked in and professional, but I think this week, uh, this whole week, I've kind of, it's been in the back of my head. It's like, it's hair. Like, it feels like, it feels like Christmas this week. I still got to work. I still got to do my shit, but it just, uh, it feels like Christmas. And you're you're ready, like in the, in the holiday spirit, like going to enjoy it and like just ready to go. Not, you're not, you're not being, uh, not being a potter. Right. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Oh yeah, yeah, I'm ready to go. Good for Christmas, yeah, yeah. All right, good. I'm ready. Like, like hearing that. Yeah, it takes. I always kind of wonder, like a couple weeks before we get here, it's like, oh, am I gonna get into the mood? I don't really want to listen to the music yet. And then, like, 
all of a sudden it's you know days away and it's always on the Christmas channel. Yeah, I dip in and out of the Christmas music too. So I like I'm in and out. Yeah, you could do some scanning because you still like regular music. So right, yeah. you do, and you find a good one, and the, you know Santa Claus is coming to town, and then you know then you're doing uh, Piano Man, and then you're back out for uh, listen to know, a podcast Jingle, or something. Jingle, yeah, Jingle I'm all over rock. the place. So all right, <laughs> there you have it. We got to wrap this one up. Uh, thank you for spending the time with us here on Sunday Poor. Hope you have a Merry Christmas. We will talk to you afterwards on. Uh, I don't know if we'll do Monday or Tuesday. We'll figure it out next week and uh, yeah with you then yeah yes uh thanks for listening everybody and uh merry christmas to all and to all a good night well done